The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight is being read from the four Gospels, and tonight you'll notice in your bulletin that this section is called Gethsemane. When they had sung a hymn, Jesus went out, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. Then Jesus said to them, You will all be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Though all be offended because of you, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you that this night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter said more vehemently, If I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others said likewise. They went over to the brook Kidron and came to a place which was called Gethsemane. There was a garden there, and he went into it with his disciples. Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. And when he was at this place, he said to them, Sit down here while I go ahead and pray. Pray that you do not enter into temptation. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be full of sorrow and turmoil. And then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Wait here and watch with me. He went on a little from them about a stone's throw. And he fell on his face and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. An angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and he prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In agony, Jesus prayed more earnestly, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. His sweat fell on the ground like great drops of blood. When he got up from prayer, Jesus came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, your will be done. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. He left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples, and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Look, he is at hand who betrays me. Even while he was saying this, Judas, one of the twelve, came with a detachment 
and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees. They came to the place with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went out to them and said, Whom do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, had taken his stand with them. And when Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. And again, Jesus asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I told you that I am he. If I am the one you seek, then let these others go away. This was to fulfill the word he had spoken. Of those you gave me, I have lost none. Now he that was betraying Jesus had given them a sign, saying, The one whom I shall kiss, that is he, seize him and be sure to take him away securely. He went straight up to Jesus, and he said, Hail, Master, and he kissed him. And Jesus said to Judas, Friend, why have you come? Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? They came then and laid their hands on Jesus and took him. And when those who were about him saw what had happened, they said to him, Lord, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus answered and said, Let it be. And he touched his ear and healed him. And then Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. All they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Do you imagine that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? The cup which my Father has given me, shall I not drink of it? Then Jesus said to the chief priests, and the captains of the temple, and the elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a thief, with swords and clubs to take me? When I was with you day after day teaching in the temple, you did not lay your hands on me. But this is your hour, and the hour of the power of darkness. All this has happened so that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. And then all the disciples forsook him, and fled. There was a certain young man who had followed along. He had only a linen cloth around his naked body. They laid hold on him, but he slipped out of the linen cloth and fled away naked. Then the detachment and its captain and the officers of the Jews seized Jesus, and they bound him, and they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law to Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. Now Caiaphas was the one who gave counsel to the Jews that it was good that one man should die for the people. This is the passion of the Lord. The text for this evening's message as we look at the fruit of the Spirit being faithfulness is from Matthew chapter 26 verses 47 through 56. And some of this text that I'm going to read to you now you heard just a few moments ago in that lengthy passion account that I read to you. But we read from Matthew's account of the Passion. And while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. 
And with him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged the signal with them, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judah said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. And then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword and drew it out and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But now then... But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you've come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writing of the prophets might be fulfilled. And then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Dear brothers and sisters who are faithful in Christ Jesus. God is faithful. God is faithful to his covenant. The covenant that he made with Adam. The covenant he made with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The covenant that he renewed with the people of Israel. Listen to these words from the Bible. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations to those who love him and who keep his commandments. God is faithful. God is faithful to being merciful and gracious and patient, that is, slow to anger. Listen to Psalm 86. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, abounding in faithfulness. Listen to these words from Lamentation. The steadfast love of our Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful. God is faithful to his promise when he says in the scriptures that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, when God made that promise to you and me in the waters of holy baptism, he meant it. And he will be faithful to that promise. Paul writes to the Corinthians, God is faithful. God is faithful, the one who called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the one who calls himself faithful will surely do that which he has promised. God is faithful. God is faithful to forgive. He who is faithful and just will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us Purify us from all unrighteousness. 
That's his promise to you and me. God is faithful. God is faithful to keep us strong and protected from the evil one. Listen to the words that Paul writes to the Thessalonians. The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. God is faithful. He is faithful to be present in our lives. Not only until death do we part, but for all eternity. He says, I will be with you always to the end of the age and beyond. So without a doubt, God is faithful. We hear those words again and again in scriptures, and I've just given you a little sampling. We could look at over a hundred different passages that speak of God's faithfulness to you and to me and to the people of this world. But St. Paul asks the Roman Christians this question. What if some do not have faith? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? Well, Judas was unfaithful, wasn't he? He was unfaithful in that he betrayed his Lord and Master with a kiss for a measly 30 shekels of silver. Impetuous Peter was certainly unfaithful to God's Son. I mean, Jesus had repeatedly instructed the apostles to turn the other cheek. And yet the text tells us that Peter pulls out the sword and cuts off the, ears of the, off the ear of the servant of the high priest. And Jesus has to scold Peter saying, put your sword back in its place. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Yes, Peter was unfaithful. And of course we can think of Peter's other unfaithful act when he denies knowing Jesus on three separate occasions. And the unfaithfulness just seems to grow in magnitude, doesn't it? I mean, in verse 56 of the text that I just read to you, we're told that when Jesus was arrested, all of his disciples deserted him. They fled. Their lack of loyalty to him was appalling. It is appalling, isn't it? But before we are tempted to think, I would never be faithless like those disciples. Let's just stop and ponder for a moment. Are we not unfaithful to the Lord when we respond to situations with physical aggression? Or when we are passive-aggressive? Or when we verbally abuse somebody? Or when we play the emotional blame game? Are we not deserting the Lord when we fail to defend His name? When we deliberately remain silent when someone is bad-mouthing our, our Savior? Are we being faithful to the Lord when we give Him our leftovers? Our leftover time, our leftover our energy, our leftover money? Or how about all those times that we made vows to do better, to live better, to sin less, to be more devoted to Him? And all those times that we were unable to fulfill those vows. Oh, how we have failed our Lord. The Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh, it's weak, isn't it? 
But listen to this good news. Paul spoke these words to Timothy. He said, if we are faithless, Jesus remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Did you hear those words? When we are faithless, Jesus remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. He remains faithful to the promises that he has made to you and to me. In the garden, Jesus prayed, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus knew what was in store for him, didn't he? He knew that he would die on the cross. He knew that he would experience the wrath of his Father for our unfaithfulness. And yet he faithfully made the journey to the cross. He was faithful to his Father's will. Jesus says, this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. You see, he whose name, very name is love forgives and restores and renews us by his love just as he forgave and restored Peter and the other repentant disciples. Yes, as we look at our lives, our life of discipleship, we realize that our hearts let us down. Our own compassion is limited. Our commitment to our Lord is nebulous at best. As sinful human beings, we just don't have the capacity in us to be consistent and faithful in our Lord's callings. Oh, we may pray that we will be faithful to the Lord, but despite our best and noble intentions, we fail miserably. And we feel miserable about our disloyalty. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But to such people, to such people, to you and to me, the writer to the Hebrews says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Instead of pulling away from Jesus, the faithful one, as did Judas, instead he invites us to draw near to him. The faithful one invites us to draw near to him so that he can forgive us. For that was the very reason why he died on the cross was so that he could forgive us and can forgive us for our unfaithfulness. Remember one of God's promises to us that I said earlier in this message? If we confess our sins, He who is faithful and just will forgive us and purify us 
from all unrighteousness. And so we live in the faithfulness of God. And that means what is humanly impossible for us can be accomplished as we live in the power and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we can be faithful. Maybe not perfectly faithful, but we can be faithful to our Lord as the Holy Spirit works in our lives through His Word and sacraments. As we live in God's love and experience His faithfulness in our lives, the Spirit of the Lord produces faithfulness in us. I mean, even Jesus' own disciples showed that they could be faithful to the Lord, and they were faithful to the Lord. For after they had deserted Him, He gathers them together after His resurrection, and what does He do? He forgives them, doesn't He? And then He says, and now go. Even as the Father has sent me, I send you. And they went as his faithful servants. And they journeyed far and wide, proclaiming this faithful God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they did so at great personal peril and sacrifice as they served the Lord and proclaimed to the people that they met the good news of Jesus Christ. Christians throughout the ages have demonstrated faithfulness to God extraordinary faithfulness, even under the extreme distress. One such story is recounted in a book called Jesus Freak. Or actually, Jesus Freaks, plural. In that book, we read of an incident that occurred in the 1950s in North Korea. Pastor Kim and 27 members of his congregation lived in hand-dug tunnels beneath the earth in order to avoid persecution under the communist regime. Unfortunately, as the North Korean communists were building a road, they discovered the Christians living underground. The officials brought them out before a crowd of 30,000 people in the village of Goksan for a public trial and execution. These followers of Christ were told, deny Christ or you will die. Well, they refused to deny Christ. At this point, one of the leaders, the head communist officer, ordered four children from the group seized, and he prepared for them to be hanged. And with ropes around their small necks, the officer commanded the parents to deny Christ. Instead of denying Christ, they told the children, we will soon see you in heaven. And the children died quietly. The officer then called for a steamroller to be brought in. And he forced the Christians to lie on the ground in its path. And as the engines revved, they were given one last chance to recant their faith in Jesus. And again, they refused. They would not deny their Lord. And as the steamroller began to inch forward the Christians began to sing a song that they had often sung together in worship service. As their bones and their bodies were crushed under the pressure of the mass of rollers, their lips uttered the song or the words, More love to thee, O Christ, more love to thee. Thee alone I seek, more love to thee. 
Let sorrow do its work, more love to thee. Then shall my latest breath whisper thy praise. This be the parting cry my heart shall raise. More love, O Christ, to thee. What an extraordinary act of faithfulness under stressful conditions by our brothers and sisters in Christ. Only by the power of God's Spirit could these brothers and sisters in Christ be faithful to God. These dear saints knew the promise of Jesus and they hung on this promise of Jesus. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of everlasting life. Now this is an extraordinary act of faithfulness that none of us here will likely be called upon to live out in our own lives. But our faithfulness to the Lord is evident in the ordinary things that we do in each and every day. E.W. Lutke writes, Where husband and wife live together in love and companionship, sharing their joys and sorrows, where children love, honor, and respect their parents, where parents regard children as a gift of God entrusted to their care, where relatives, friends, acquaintances meet one another with trust and goodwill, where people do the work of their job or profession not merely to make a living but for the greater welfare of many, where money and goods are looked upon not as a personal possession but as a trust to be administered for the greater good it will, may do, where members of a community, state, nation strive for justice and goodwill, where church members realize the dignity of their calling, there, there in those simple acts, we see faithfulness. Faithfulness to our God and to one another. There is no debate. We are guilty. We're guilty of faithless living of being disloyal to our Lord. But praise be to God. He is faithful. Jesus is faithful and loyal to us. He has endured shame and scorn so that our faithless acts are forgiven. He sends the Holy Spirit into our lives through word and sacrament so that we might be empowered to live faithful, though maybe not perfectly faithful lives, but faithful lives as his people, knowing that one day the Lord will greet us in heaven and he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. And now may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Of that you can be absolutely sure. Amen.